Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and boy, do we got news for you. We got Baker Mayfield talking. Yep, he is uh, responding to Cynthia Freeland's um, comments that shocked the world earlier this week. And uh, Daryl Ryder was there to hear all of it. And Daryl, I have not heard any of Baker's comments because they just came down. So uh, I'm going to let you roll with it and let's react, my friend. Yeah, I mean, basically, look, this is a conversation that was private on the field after the Bills and Panthers played the preseason game. And quite frankly, the contents of which should have never landed in the public domain. But Baker Mayfield got to tell his side of the story uh, today when he met uh, with reporters in Carolina. And obviously, first things first, and that is the denial. That is not how I phrased it. That's not even what I said. So that's I'll just leave it at that. And that obviously is not good if he was, uh, shall we say, misquoted. And- right. So let's go back. Well, hang on. We, I think we jumped ahead just a second there. Cynthia said on a podcast that Baker said he wanted to blank the Browns up, correct? Yes. Uh, the, it was on the NFL's um, – it was on an NFL podcast around the NFL. Okay. Um, and she, of course, is an NFL analyst, NFL network analyst. Right. And she was serving as the Buffalo Bills sideline reporter. And so she um, she was on our show on Baskin and Phelps. I think she thought the story got blown out of proportion. She was a little nervous when she was talking to us. So I think she feels bad that she knows she probably shouldn't have said it. In fact, she knows she shouldn't have said it because it was a matter of confidence and trust. We'll get to that in a second. Daryl, let's continue on with what Baker had to say. Yeah, so here's how Baker described their exchange. I mean, I've known I've known Cynthia for years, and um, she said I looked happy, looked healthy, looked like I was in a good place, and I said, yeah, 
said, I hope you go take it over and obviously descriptive, but I said, yeah, me too. So that's, that's the extent of it. It's obviously a bigger story because I haven't given uh, the media what they've wanted me to give them this year in this off season. So this is what they think that I've said and it's not. So take it and run with it. But I know what I did and uh, our team knows what I said. So it's, it's all right. And the issue again is she said that he said this on this podcast, which right. as we know in our modern media world of aggregation got picked up by everybody. So, you know, does Baker Mayfield feel that way? Does he want to F up the Cleveland Browns in week one? Uh, yeah. But what you can't do is take a private exchange that you have on the field and share that in the public domain. And, the, you know, Baker Mayfield, you, look, I mean, he, he creates enough firestorms without anybody helping him. And at, at, at the same time, though, um, this is something that, like, really isn't his fault. And I think that that's what frustrated him. It was one thing that, you know, I'm off social media right now, so being it brought to my attention uh, was, was kind of shocking to me um, and just finding out that way. But it, it, it is what it is. But also at the same time, you still have to control what I can. It's frustrating in the sense that, um, that's not the way it happened, but at the same time, just got to move forward. It, people are going to say whatever they want, but as long as I handle my job and my profession and, and uh, show our guys that it's all about winning within the building, that, that's what really matters. And it sounds like, based on what Baker said today, that she prompted whatever response that he gave her. No, I talked to her. I mean, I think she addressed it. She said it. Um, obviously, you guys can go back and look at what she said, um, but all I did was agree. You know, I hope we win. <laughs> it's pretty plain and simple. Competitive, I want to win. Um, and I don't I don't think that should be uh, harped on. Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. That's, that's Baker Mayfield's response. He was asked a dozen questions today in Carolina about this whole thing that got blown out of proportion because um, she put something out there that was a, a private exchange attributed a quote to him that apparently wasn't accurate. And she herself walked back and Baker ended up having to answer a dozen questions about today. So on our show, she never said it was inaccurate. I can tell you that. And so it's, he said, she said, you can believe what you want. Um, I hate when Baker lumps the entire media together. It just, it bothers me. It's like saying if, if a but, player in the NFL gets a DUI, it's like saying all the players in the NFL are drunks. But here's the problem, Andy. This situation, again, understanding it's he said, she said, right? Right. But this situation is why players detest the media. It is why Baker says what he says about the media. Because he, may, he had a private exchange with somebody on the field without the expectation that what he was about to say would be put out there in the public domain. She came at him like they're buddies, which apparently they are according to both parties that they, right, they, right. they have history. Right. And right. so when you have that type of relationship, guess what? You're going to be a little more cavalier and loose lipped with what you say and how you respond and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It just, it goes back to, she should have kept her mouth shut. Well, okay. I, I agree with you that this story never should have got out. I agree with you that she shouldn't have said it. But there isn't a player in the NFL that doesn't know that when you say something to a reporter, 
It is on the record. I don't care if somebody says it's off the record or not. They learn it from day one when they walk into rookie symposium. And they tell them that right away. Look, no matter how good of friends you might be with the media, and you may be best friends, you may have known them your whole life, there is nothing off the record. So be careful for what you say. Okay. That that's one of the problems that I, I don't, there's just, a, there's a lot of elements here that just kind of like, I, I, I kind of see Cynthia's I, like Cynthia's messed up. She shouldn't have said it, especially if she knew. So really Cynthia lost her trust in Baker. Baker Mayfield lost his trust in, in Cynthia and probably Cynthia isn't going to get a whole lot from anybody else. But I also think the players also know that this isn't a multi-billion dollar industry if it's not for the media. 100%. And they've got to do some media things. No one says they have to say anything extravagant, extravagant. And, and the media, if you're a player, needs to be a conduit to the fans. Again, I always say that also needs to be responsible in how they do their job. Sure. No, no, I don't disagree with you. And you're right. You're right. But if the player is using it correctly, there's an incorrect way to do it. And the other thing, too, is if a player is nice to the media, man, I got to tell you that it's hard for the media sometimes to say bad things about somebody who's nice. Someone could be a bad player, but if they're the, if they're super guys and you know, they're trying hard and you know, maybe they've dropped a couple catches or, or something crazy like that happens. The media will be a little less, tenny, a little less on the player, especially in a market like Cleveland. I've seen other markets where they just like, Media is the enemy, and the players are the other enemy. And our market is not like that. See Boston, see Philadelphia, yes, see New York City. Exactly. But if smart players understand, especially ones that want to get into media when they're done, that the media is something that can help them and not hurt them, and sometimes it's not, you're better off not fighting with the media. And now, in this scenario is somebody who would be very successful in the media post. Absolutely. Like I, we've talked about this before. He's going to be a great analyst. He is going to be very good on television when he's done. And, but he'll be like, I'm a former player. I'm not a part of the media when he's really going to be a part of the media. Right. And, and, uh, and we know plenty of players like that. And that's fine. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. If you are adding to my entertainment experience by letting me know things that I don't know about football, I don't care if you're a jerk or not. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So, but I also think that good, no, I shouldn't say good. I think that players who know and recognize what the media can mean for them have an advantage. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I'll just, I'll kind of give you an example. While I understand what you're saying about everything sure. on the record. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks ago, uh, out of training camp, I had a conversation with D Haslam. Okay. Notice this is the first time I'm mentioning this. Okay. Never wrote about it. Never, whatever. Sure. Because it was an off the record conversation. Um, she had a few things that she wanted to talk to me about. And I had an opportunity to speak with her about a few things. And what we discussed will remain private. 
because it was a private non-media conversation. A hundred percent. Number one, I was not recording the conversation. You can get mad at me because you don't like my take on something or my opinion or whatever. One thing you'll never get mad at me for is misquoting you. Sure. Um, a hundred that, I mean, that's like the Cardinal sin. You, you do not misquote players or coaches. Totally agree. So, so, um, now I could have run to a keyboard and up chucked 1500 words on everything that D Haslam and I discussed uh, on the practice field for that 10, 15 minutes, considering that was like the first actual conversation besides, a. Hey, hi, how are you? Good to see you type thing as she's walking by over the previous 10 years. But she had no expectation that she was on the record with me. I was not recording the conversation and we were just we were just talking. And so that's why what we discussed will remain private. I don't say that just, you know, so, oh, Daryl talked to D. It's to to provide some context of my criticism of what Cynthia Freeland did in that we have private conversations with people all the time in front of their lockers before, after practice, whatever. And if somebody says, Hey Daryl, that's not on the record. You're not going to use it a hundred percent, but and I'm the same way because you have to respect the relationship of the players that you're talking to 100%. And trust me, there's been plenty of juicy stuff that has been said to me over the years that has stayed between the ears and, and and because when you violate that trust, that's when people don't want to talk to you again. So um, I use the D Haslam example because, yeah, I mean, what we talked about was some, you know, some some, some pretty deep stuff, and uh, it would have made for great copy. It would made would have made for great story. But again, I respected the boundaries of that conversation. And I think that in this case, that didn't happen. And so Baker, who, again, causes enough problems for himself, he's a little bit of a victim here. Now, even if he said it, even if he said, I'm going to F up the Browns, right? Even if he said that to her, it does not matter. That conversation, the contents of that conversation should have never seen the light of day. At most, she should have said, you know, Talk to Baker Mayfield briefly uh, after uh, the game against Buffalo. He's looking forward to that week one matchup against his former team. That is it. That's that's what I said the other day. Of what she should have disclosed. So she made a mistake, not trying to, you know, uh, you know, bag on her or whatever, but you know, to be fair to Baker here, he's got a legitimate reason to be upset regardless if he said it or not. That headline should have never been a headline. Agree with you. Let me just peel the curtain back just one more time, okay? In the media now, there are gray area reporters. I was a gray area reporter when I worked for Fox Sportsnet. And when I say a gray area reporter, it's a reporter who uh, is traveling with the team, working for the broadcast partner of the team. And I got to tell you, that position gives you a ton of juicy stories. Like I could, I could write a book. No question. I could write a book on the Cavs uh, with LeBron's first run. And I could write about my six years with the, with the Indians. But when you're in that position, the information, you know, is not information for air. 
It just isn't. Um, you know, there's like a rule about when you fly on a plane with a team, you never talk about anything that happens on the plane or the bus or anything like that. Because, you know, in, in it, you're a part of the entertainment package when that happens. Now, your training and your roots may be, uh, have ethical bounds in journalism, but when you are that position, you know what, you, what, what you're saying. And I, I always find it interesting. And I, and I've been lucky enough to be in different positions in my whole career, same as you, Daryl, I'm sure that you have to know what you're talking about when you're talking about it and who you're working for at that point. And when you're working in that position, the last thing you want to do is upset your partner. So you're very hesitant on saying things. That's why I think Cynthia is in a weird position because she works for the NFL. But on the other hand, um, you know, there's, there's like, I, I find it very interesting, and I think we're very lucky, because I don't think a lot of people know this, that, <clears throat> Daryl, I've never once been told, don't say anything negative or positive about the Browns. I've always been told, and this is on 92.3 The Fan, because I was concerned about that when I first started. I was like, I don't know about this. I I, I kind of, I'm wondering, you know, can I really be who I am? And I'm wondering, especially when we became the home of the Browns, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to say everything we want to say. I've never once at 92.3, the fan have been told, don't say something. So, and I've never been called in the office for saying something that might upset, um, that might upset the Browns. I got called in the office once for upsetting the Indians and I was right. And I'll never, ever, ever, <laughs> I'll never back down on that. And I know what I did was, was fair, honest, and was a perspective that, that was correct. And man, there was one person who's no longer with the Indians guardians that just blew a gasket because I said something about someone being on the playoff roster when they shouldn't have been. That's it. That was. I mean, you'd be surprised how often we get phone calls from teams when they don't like what we say. And I, I, I tell you, when it comes to ninety-two-three, the fan, Andy Roth, and and uh, and our other bosses, Tom Herschel, have our backs as long as you don't say anything incredibly stupid or can get you sued. So, all right, there he is. Just a little bit of behind the scenes stuff about the way the media works and, you know, what happened with Cynthia and Baker. So you've got that. We do have a roster. Is it set? We'll talk about that next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.